few weeks ago, the Lord impressed upon us a thought, a message that I have felt very strong about. And we will continue probably delving into that as the Lord leads as this year goes on. And it was a lesson and a message entitled, Living on Purpose. Someone say purpose. Living on Purpose. We won't read it at the moment, but our key text was in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. If you'll allow me to provide just a brief recap to maybe jog our memories a little bit and maybe those that weren't here to hear that message can get a little bit of a foundation where we're coming from. We found out that in 1 Peter chapter 2, the apostle Peter was telling us that we are to live our lives with a godly purpose and in the context of this scripture we understood that that purpose that God deposits in every human being is for the very reason of influencing those around us I said it then and I'll say it again you will either be influenced by people or you will influence them there's no middle ground there's no in between and I believe with all of my heart that the enemy of our souls, the devil himself, has strategically placed things in our world to influence the minds of people. We are constantly being influenced and bombarded by information and things and people and messages telling us what, we, what they think we need and what they think we should do and who they think we should be. The world and its systems and the enemy himself is trying to influence us. But that's why when we come into Christ Jesus and he washes us with his blood and he fills us with his spirit, it's for the very reason so that I no longer just be influenced by others, but now I'm able to influence people with the love of God. So I will say it again. You are either being influenced by others or you are influencing them. Life is not an accident. Life is a gift from God. And all of us need to understand that with God, there's no such things as accidents. We saw that before we were ever conceived in our mother's womb, God knew us. The psalmist David described even the development of a child we begin to understand that each of us is here today as a result of God's divine engineering. It doesn't matter the circumstances of life that you were born into or what people told you. Maybe somebody told you that you were an accident. Maybe somebody told you that you were not planned. Well, maybe you were not planned for them, but you were planned in the mind of God. And God spoke to Jeremiah and told him even his purpose from his mother's womb. So what I want you to understand today is that our lives are not the result of an accident, but God formed us and created us for a very special and unique godly purpose. You're not here simply taking up space. You're not here as simply just another number in the population, but you have a purpose. Turn to somebody and look at them and tell them you have a purpose. I have a unique purpose that God has given me that might be similar to yours, but it's altogether unique given by God. 
And so when I understand this, when this gets into my heart and into my mind, it gives me a reason now to live my life with purpose and on purpose. We can live with no sense of purpose or direction in our lives, which will ultimately carry us nowhere. And that's where the majority of folks live, hoping that good things will happen to them, hoping that things will turn their way, hoping that their mistakes won't cancel out the good that might come to them. That's a, a terrible way to live. But when you have Jesus in your life, he gives you a sense of purpose where you can live your life to the fullest, serving God's purpose and direction for your life. This will answer the question as to why am I here? I'm here to tell you God placed you here for a reason. God put us on this earth to live life to its full potential in honor and glory to him. So if you are going to discover your purpose, you must connect yourself to the God of purpose. A lot of folks don't understand their purpose because they're disconnected from the designer. They're disconnected from the creator. So I'm encouraging somebody here today that walked into this service confused, walked into this service perplexed and, and frustrated and hurting and not knowing where to go. Connect yourself to God. Connect yourself to the designer. Connect yourself to the creator. He can form you and form your purpose. He's a God of purpose. And so in a very practical sense, we started by sharing with you four words that I believe will help us to understand how we can live our life on purpose. Four simple words that if you will adopt and apply to your life taken right out of the scriptures, you will begin to have a better sense of God's divine purpose for your life. And as a sense of, as a way to recap here, I want to take us back through the first two words that we shared and then we'll dive a little bit deeper to the second two. The first word that we shared with you, number one, was the word eliminate. Someone say eliminate. eliminate. Go with me to 1 Peter 2 and 1. We're just going to review here a little bit. How many of you know it's, every, it's good every once in a while to do a little review? 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 1 says, Therefore laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. Here from the very beginning, Peter says, In order to discover your purpose, discover God's divine purpose for your life, there'll be some things you got to get rid of. And this goes into reverse of what we normally think. If I'm going to have purpose, if I'm going to have direction, then I have to acquire things. That'll be the next step. But the first thing sometimes you got to get rid of is certain things that are hindering you from your purpose. If I'm going to serve God and serve his purpose for my life, there may be some things I need to eliminate. There may be some attitudes that I need to eliminate. And there just might be some people in my life that I need to eliminate. 
Oh, I'm talking to somebody here today that walked in here wondering, maybe, maybe this friendship is actually hindering me. Maybe this relationship is actually holding me back. Maybe these people in my life are influencing me in a negative way. I'm here to tell you, you just might need to eliminate some people from your life. Here, the apostle says that there's some things that we got to eliminate to get rid of. And he starts out by saying, therefore, he goes back to the fact of the new life that we received in Christ Jesus. In other words, when you come into Christ, you realize there's some things that I, in fact, don't really need. Before we understood this wonderful salvation, before we understood that there's a God in heaven that has purpose for my life, before all of that, there were some things that we couldn't live without. But all of a sudden, now that I'm in Christ, Peter says, therefore, therefore, because of the salvation you've received, therefore, because of all that God has given to you, you need to eliminate some things. Once a person gives their life to Jesus, they cannot remain as they were in their sin. There will be a difference in the life of the new believer. So the first thing you got to do is lay some things aside. Are there some things in your life that are hindering you today? Are there some behaviors, some actions, some things that you've been getting into that you know more and more are causing you to drift away from God? Leaving you more confused and more empty than when you first started. Can I tell you, it's time to eliminate. You might have to sit down today and start writing some things down after this service saying, I might need to get rid of this. I, I, I might need to stop doing this because, because it's hindering me. It's keeping me from the purpose that God has for my life. He talks about laying aside malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking. He says all these things must be eliminated from your life if you're going to discover your purpose. The second thing that we understand from this passage. And not only do I need to eliminate, but number two, I need to investigate. Someone say investigate. First Peter chapter two, verses two through three. As newborn babes, Peter says, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. He says, we need to investigate God's word. The first step is eliminating some things from your life. There's a biblical Christian term that we use for that. Eliminate repentance. But you must go from repentance to reading. And here's where a lot of new believers and people who are returning to their faith struggle with. Yes, we'll repent. Yes, we know this, this is not good for me. I don't want to get wrapped up in this anymore. And so we eliminate, but then we stay there in the middle and not know what's next. Then you got to pick up your Bible. And you got to crack it open every now and again and start searching the scriptures and investigating because you got to go back to the manual when things aren't working. How many of you know that to be true? Something's not working. I got to go back to the manual. I got to go back and read the instructions. I'm going to tell somebody if something in your life is not working, if things are not going the way they should after you've come to Jesus and eliminate some things, you got to start investigating. 
You got to open up that Bible and say, God, speak to me. Show me something. I want to have a better marriage. It's in the Bible. I want to help raise my children better. It's in the Bible. I want to learn how to pray. It's in the Bible. I want to know what it is to have faith. It's in the Bible. I want to resist the devil. It's in the Bible. Turn to somebody, tell them it's in the book. Come on, it's in the book. Well, I don't know what to do, Pastor. It's in the book. I, I feel like I'm losing my mind. I don't know what to do next. It's in the book. I'm confused. I don't know which step to take. It's in the book. So we must investigate God's word to see what he says about our lives. This investigation means to observe or to study by close examination. And here's the foundation of all of this. You will have a hard time and will be unable to do an intense examination of God's word if you don't have a hunger for God's word. If you don't have a hunger to investigate the word for yourself, you will have difficulty discovering your purpose. It's amazing to me how many people will do so many wild things to try to find meaning and satisfaction in their life, but they won't do the easy thing of opening up your Bible. I'll go wherever I have to go. You don't have to go very far. Just crack open your Bible. I hear that this is the best place to go vacation where you can relax and have peace. That might be, there may be a place like that, but can I tell you, you can find rest by getting in the word. Everybody's looking for that far out there thing. And many times it's right in front of you. It's in the word. But you have to have a hunger for the word. Because that's what Peter was saying. We have to have a desire for God's word. We must have a hunger for his word. We are to desire the pure milk of God's word, the unadulterated word of God. And all of that, he says, will cause us to grow spiritually. God wants every single one of us to grow. How, preacher? Grow in our knowledge of him. Grow in our understanding of his purpose. Grow in spiritual maturity. Where we move on from just the milk of the word, which is the fundamental basic things, and get into the meat of the word. Children, newborn babies love milk, but they can't have the meat. But as time goes on and maturity happens, then they're able to take the meat now. It's the same thing in our walks with God. The, the milk of the word is wonderful. The elementary things are beautiful. But at some point, I got to get into the meaty things of God. So God does all of this and makes this all available to us so that we can grow in spiritual maturity. So we talked about eliminating. We talked about investigating. Now it leads me to the third thing we're going to pick up today. And that is the third word, participate. Someone say participate. If I'm going to discover my purpose, I eliminate, I investigate, I get rid of things, I add on things. And now I'm serving and doing something for the Lord. Let's get into the reading of the word here. First Peter chapter 2. And let's pick up our reading at verse number four. First Peter, the second chapter, beginning at verse number four. The apostle Peter writes, coming to him, 
as to a living stone rejected indeed by men but chosen by God and precious you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus therefore it is also contained in the scripture behold I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone elect precious and he who believes on him by will no means be put to shame therefore to you who believe he is precious but to those who are disobedient the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense they stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed what do you mean by participate to participate here means involvement in the service and ministry of the church. A lot of people will struggle in discovering their purpose because they haven't realized that their purpose is connected to the church. God ordained it to be so that you and I come to know Jesus through the church. That we develop our relationship with God here in the church. So that we can ultimately find a place to serve in the church. In this passage of scripture, Peter uses the imagery of a building to describe the Christian. He says that God is building a spiritual house in which he, Jesus Christ, is the living cornerstone. And we are the living stones that together make up this spiritual house. But I want you to understand something. What he says here is that the living cornerstone makes alive all who come to him and they become living stones in God's building program. He wants to grab the church's imagination and says there's a lot of stones lying around in this world there's a lot of stones that you'll find on the side of the road a lot of stones in empty fields a lot of stones disconnected from another but when those stones come in contact with the living chief cornerstone then they also become living stones and adopt a purpose and have a potential to be fulfilled in the house of God, I'm here to tell you it's not God's will that you live disconnected. It's not God's will that you just lie on the side of the road, so to speak. It's not God's will that you live disconnected and alone. It's time to get connected to the chief cornerstone and bring life and purpose to you. He says these ordinary stones become living stones. And now function and become a part of God's building program. This edifice that we're in here today is simply that. It's a building that has been dedicated for the honor and glory of God. As a place of worship. But you and I ultimately are the spiritual house that God is building. Why? Because we could exist without this building. 
Now, I'm not demeaning this place or location. We're very blessed for the campus and facility that God has given us. But this does not define us. The house that Jesus is building is you and me. The house that he is inspecting to make sure that it reaches the parameters that it needs to reach is not this building made of brick. It's you and I. That's the house that he's interested in. That's the house that he intends to fill with his power. That's the house. The scripture says, know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. God is building you and me with we are the church. This is the house that he's interested in. Because there will come a day where God will give us a different place to worship. I believe that's going to happen. And every time I pray, it feels sooner than later. But if we don't have another building or we cease to use this building, God's going to continue to build his house. Because at the end of the day, it's you and I that are going to make the difference for Jesus. No light, no edifice, no building has ever impacted people like the gospel of Jesus Christ does when it has been preached from a redeemed and saved soul. But understand something, the cornerstone is the main stone in the building project. I'll say that again. The cornerstone, the chief cornerstone, the stone that is laid first is the main stone in the building project. In other words, when Jesus are changed, it's because of the cornerstone. And it's that cornerstone that keeps every other stone square, plumb, or straight. When that cornerstone is laid, it's laid first to then give purpose to the next stone. And it provides the line to keep every other stone in its place. Not only is the Lord Jesus Christ the cornerstone, he's also the foundation upon which we are built. In other words, if I am not connected to Jesus, I am not walking in my purpose. I don't care how much money you think you're making. I don't care how influential you think your life is. Outside of Jesus, we can't fulfill our purpose. Let me give you this. This is on the screen here. As living stones, we are cut out and shape to fit into the plan and the purpose of God. When they take that raw material and those elements that are going to be used for any type of construction, it has to be shaped. The excess has to be removed to fit the mold. Can I tell you, that is why you and I go through difficulties. Go through trials and tribulations. It's not because God is upset with us. It's not because we've done something wrong. On the contrary, God is just trying to make you fit in the right place for the right purpose. 
And so he has to shave certain things off of our lives. He has to shave away certain attitudes and certain ways of thinking because left alone it's raw and it's not ready. But after it's been in the hands of the master creator and the master craftsman, then it will fit its place. And here's the difficulty. We get filled with passion. We get filled with desire, but we're still raw. Pastor, I'll go preach all over the world. I'll go wherever they want me to go. God says, just stay and let me shape you. Because the passion is good, but I have a certain place I want you to fit. And the problem is, when you try to go make your own way, you'll never fit where God wants you to fit. Oh God, let me take a step down so you can hear me a little bit better. That's why I just can't be jumping from place to place. There's some folks that won't wait on God to shape them and form them. So they start going to some other place and find another place to worship and another place to serve. And, and I don't fit here and I got to go somewhere else. And I don't fit there because it's not your job to fit. God's the one that shapes you and molds you and says, I'll fit you right here. I've got a place for you to serve. I got a place for you to work. I got a place for you to do and serve me. But you have to fit. That's why folks that will be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost will go somewhere else and just not fit. The music is so good here, but I just don't fit. So they go to another place. Man, they got so much going on here. And wow, it's amazing. It's so great. And, but, but, but I just don't fit. Why? Because God wants you in this house. Oh, I, I missed some amens, but that's all right. I got... I got some good time still. Because when he saves you, when he fills you with his spirit and he places you in a particular house, it's to serve in that house. And he forms you and he molds you for this house. And so if you get frustrated because things aren't working at your time, oh God, I feel the Holy Ghost, and not working in your way, but I'm meant to do this, I'm meant to do that, and you're not waiting because God says, I got a place that fits you perfectly. I got a place where you will prosper. I got a place where you will succeed. I got a place where you'll impact thousands upon thousands of people, but you just got to be patient and let me form you so that you can fit. I'm just trying to help somebody because I travel a lot of places. Not lately, but I used to travel a lot of places. And I would see people and say, oh, you're here at this church now? Yeah. I thought you were at the, oh, yeah, I was, but, but, but God had something else for me. Oh, okay. And be careful when you're gifted and when you're anointed because sometimes those things, if you're not Following God's divine purpose for your life will blind you to think, I can fit anywhere. No, you can't. You don't have to say amen. It's the truth. Got my whole life in this. I know what I'm talking about. 
I've seen people, well, I just, I just don't fit here, Pastor. So, well, where do you fit? I don't know. That's the problem. You're the living stone. He's the chief cornerstone. He knows where you belong. So don't get up and try to fit somewhere else. Just say, Lord, keep, keep forming me. Keep molding me. Keep shaping me. Because I know you've got a slot. I know you've got a place. I know there's an a area waiting for me. I'm just not done yet. But when he forms you, he'll slide you right in. And you'll say, no, I know. I'm supposed to be doing this. I was called for this. My God, I'm, I'm, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. I feel it. I've had some amazing offers in my life to do a lot of things in a lot of other places. I've had people flash money at me. I've had people make me all kinds of offers. What are you doing in Arizona, people tell me? There's nothing going on in Arizona. You're still there helping your dad after all those years? Somebody told me one time, you're too good of a preacher to be in the same spot. These are godly people, okay? These are not people full of the devil. These are godly people, some even in high places of leadership. But what has kept me is that he does the forming, not me. And I stood along our bishop for 18 years. Oh, I had questions at times, but I knew God formed me for something. I don't know what it all is, but, but I got saved in this house. I, I, I got restored in this house. I, I got delivered in this house. And so there's something in this house. There's a spot for me in this house that he's forming so I can fit. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I left my notes a long time ago. But the Holy Ghost is talking to somebody. So what do I do, pastor? You just got to find the right fit. You just got to find the right spot. And so what we do in this church is we encourage you to find somewhere to get involved. If you're gifted musically or you'd like to get in, there's a music ministry. If you'd like to help and serve in a ministry that needs help and serving, it's in our children's ministry. And especially if you have children. Because they take care of your children. The least I can do is give them one Sunday where I can take care of somebody's children. Well, Pastor, I need a break. So that's why I drop them off so I can enjoy the worship. Well, then maybe that's not the ministry for you. <laughs> but we've got a lot of places to serve. We've got an amazing women's ministry and a men's ministry that we're building. We have juniors and youth ministry that are doing all kinds of awesome things that could use volunteers at every one of their events. We've got an amazing usher and greeting ministry in this church that continues to grow, that could use your gifts and your passion and your friendliness. There's all kinds of places. You just got to find the right fit. So how will I know when I find? You will just know. 
you will just. I remember the, one of the very first times I stood behind a podium. I was so nervous. My knees were shaking. My voice was shaking. But I remember the very first time I stood behind a podium, I knew. I remember going back and kneeling at a chair after I finished speaking and saying, I can do this, Lord, for the rest of my life if you'll let me. I didn't know what he was taking me to, but I, I just, I found my fit. But on my way there, I went in a lot of places. I played in the music of this church. I served in the juniors and the youth ministry of this church. I was an usher in this church. I taught, and we used to have Sunday school, which is now Bible school in this church. I worked in evangelism in this church. And so I went and found the fit. And so some of you are so frustrated, but you haven't even tried to find your fit yet. And so the easiest thing to do is maybe it's somewhere else. No, no, no. God brought you in this house. You're fit for this house. You're formed to serve him in this house. So let him keep shaping you. Let him keep molding you. Let him keep forming. Sometimes it hurts and sometimes it's confusing and, and sometimes he comes and shapes you and forms you and doesn't tell you a thing, but he's working on you through circumstances of life, through situations in your family, through circumstances in your home, but he's forming you, he's shaping you to fit where he's called you to serve. Better move on because I'll be here all day. So we go from participate. Someone say participate. So eliminate is the first step. Investigate is the second step. The third thing is you got to participate. You got to find a place to serve. You got to allow the Lord to fit and form you for the house that he's building. And lastly, number four, you must celebrate. Someone say celebrate. Let's read verses 9 and 10 of 1 Peter chapter 2. Look at what he says. But you are, someone say, that's me. I'm going to say it again, that's me. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Someone say, that's me, that's me. His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm about to shout right about now. Who once were not a people, but now are the people of God. Oh, I'm talking to somebody before you were not a people before we were nobody we had no identity we had no sense of purpose but now we're just not any kind of people we are the people of God he said before you weren't a people you had no direction you had no sense of purpose but now you are the people of God hear me I'm gonna get a little South Phoenix on you for a while if that's okay I'm your people and you're my people and that's why 
One of the most beautiful things to belong to the church is you got people. I was just talking to a family just the other day. I went to go minister to them in the hospital. And they said, Pastor, I don't even know how we could get through this trial if it wasn't for the church. People loving on us. People calling us. People letting us know that they're praying for us. They said, I don't, I don't know how we would do it. It's because we're your people. And you're my people. There were some days this last week and a half where we were in mourning. We were grief stricken and still trying to pastor. But there were messages. Pastor, we love you. We're praying for you. Pastor, we're here for you. Oh, thank you. And it lifted our spirits because you're my people. I don't mean that, that I'm in charge of you or anything like that. I mean that you're my people and I'm your people. And when I've needed the church, you've been there. And I pray that when you've needed us, we've been there too. Friend, you need some people. I'm talking to somebody that says, man, I wish I had this kind of people in my life. When I run out of money, people go. When I'm down in the dumps, there's nobody around. My family's turned their back on me. My friends are, you need you some people in your life that will walk alongside you and support you. God has brought you to the church because he wants you to be a part of his people. And I don't know about you, I'm so glad to be a part of the church. Before there was nothing, but now I found what I need in Jesus and in the church. Turn to somebody and look at them tell them, you're my people. Well, I have my tribe, Pastor. Wonderful. You need some people in your life. I've got my support system. Wonderful. You're blessed if you have them. But you still need some people in your life. You still need a pastor in your life. You still need the church, brothers and sisters, just like you, that have gone through what you're going through, that have dealt with the same things that you're dealing with, and God has brought them through, and just like he's brought them through, he'll bring you through, and I believe this is something worthy of celebrating. People are trying to demean and bring down the value of the church but I'm here to tell you the church of Jesus Christ will stand even the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church when the musicians would come I'm finishing we should celebrate because of all the privileges and blessings that God has so richly and graciously bestowed upon us Look at those privileges. He says, he says those words, but you. Because he's saying, I'm not talking to anybody else. I'm talking to you. You that come out of a broken family. You that have served time in jail. You that have been too addicted to more things than you can count. You who were lost. You who had no sense of direction. He says, you are a chosen generation. In other words, God looked over the entire world and he said, I choose him. He looked over all the barrio that you were in and he said, I choose him. 
He looked at that neighborhood and said, there, I choose him. I choose her. I'm going to feel him. I'm going to feel her. I'm going to use you. I'm going to, we are chosen. My God, somebody better act like they're chosen. You haven't been skipped over. You haven't been ignored. You are a chosen generation. The reason I'm acting the way that I'm acting is because he chose me. I'm part of the chosen. I'm part of the selected. I'm trying to close. Hear me. It's very difficult when you feel like you've been skipped over. Don't you remember in the playground when you were the last one? I'm going to be honest with you. I was never the last one. Okay, so. That's just the way it was. Whether you say, I'm sorry. Uh, but I've heard. I'm not, I'm not trying to sound funny. It's just it's a reality. When we were playing ball, I was usually the one that was doing the picking. They had two captains. All right, go ahead. You remember those days? We're going to split here. We'll play some street football, six on six. You go, Anthony, and I'd pick one. And the other guy would pick another. It always felt weird when you got to the last one. It's almost like the last one I already knew. All right, I'm on this team. Come on, let's go. You like because you remember the last one almost wasn't picked, right? But he say it was like, All right, you go that way, all right, good. We're, teams are done, let's play. <laughs> but even as a child, there was something about being picked, right? Being selected, whether it was first, second, third, or fourth, it didn't matter. I was selected, I was included, I was asked to be a part of this. The choosing gives you a sense of identity. Yeah. And I'm talking to some people in this room that you're not acting like you've been chosen. Maybe you've forgotten that he chose you out of everybody else. Yes. Maybe life is so hard right now that you have forgotten that he chose you to be his son. He chose you to be his daughter. He chose you not because you had it all together, but because he loved you and he saw what you could become. I dare somebody for the next 10 seconds to act like you've been chosen right now. I wonder if you can lift up your hands to heaven right now and act like you've been chosen. I know everything's not going great in my life, but he chose me. He chose me for a purpose. He chose me to serve him. He chose me to do something great in his kingdom. He chose me because he loved me. He chose me because he saw something in me. chosen you don't have to like it but I'm chosen you don't have to understand it but I'm chosen it doesn't have to make sense but I'm chosen I'm chosen 
my family doesn't have to understand it I'm chosen people in the neighborhood don't have to understand it but I'm chosen stand with me stand with me I'm done my God I feel the Holy Ghost he said you're chosen and then he goes on to say that we are his own special people we belong to an all powerful all knowing ever present God we are his prized possession he chose me but understand something when he chose me now I belong to him Because I belong to him. I do what he tells me to do. I go where he tells me to go. I say what he tells me to say. I learned this a long time ago. That's why I have no problem with people making faces when I'm preaching. I let people come up to me and say, what you said I don't agree with. I said, I'm sorry you don't disagree but what does a mailman do when you have a problem with a male he says hey talk it to them I just deliver the mail I do what he tells me to do I say what he tells me to say but there's also some places and some things that I don't do because his word says not to do them it's no debate I don't go back and forth and tell the Lord well Lord maybe you know, the, the Bible needs to be rewritten because it wasn't written for 2023. No, 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 no. What his word says, it says, and we must do. Why? We're his own special people. We're his prized possession. So how do we live our lives with purpose? You eliminate certain things that you need to get rid of. Number two, you investigate. You have a desire to search the scriptures. Number three, you participate. You find your place in the kingdom of God. I'm sold out and surrendered to this in you that he didn't raise apart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you're in this room here today and you say, Pastor, I, I want to have a greater sense of purpose in my life. I want to find that purpose that you're talking about. The first thing you got to do is connect yourself to Jesus today. And so if you're in this building and you want to have a greater sense of purpose in your life for you, possibly your spouse and your family, I want you to come and stand here at this altar. Because we're going to get connected today to the source of our purpose. His name is Jesus. The designer, the master craftsman, come and stand here at this altar. I, I want to discover my purpose. I want to leave this service with a greater sense of purpose. Would you come and stand here at this altar as the Holy Ghost is still moving and ministering in this building? Come, come, come. Come down to this altar. I feel the Holy Ghost. You've been chosen. Don't forget that. You've been chosen. Maybe in your life people looked over you and looked past you. But today I'm trying to tell you that God chose you. You're chosen. There's somebody in this room today that you've been trying to find your fit.